Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2021 Week 6 Fantasy Football Rankings Breakdown by Position. Maybe some debate back and forth. In fact, I will guarantee that there is debate. You want to play in the best tournament on DraftKings? Easy stuff. Hit the description. Listeners League link now available. 3,000 spots. Somehow it already has like 400 people in it. So get your spot right now if you want to play in the best tournament. There is no rake in the Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League. I made a run at it last week too. Dallas's D didn't score 40 points, though, so I ended up not winning. Additionally, you can smash the like button to the episode. Please comment section something in the comment section. I don't care what it is. And then sub to Mayo Media Network. That is the important part. We're at 29,000 subs on YouTube. Let's up that, up to 30,000 subs. Jake Seeley is on the line with me right now from theathletic.com. We're almost at 30,000. You know what the next goal is, Jake? Three million. I was going to say 50,000, but no. okay, I'm, I'm good with 3000000 million. I'm good with the fact that I, I don't even want to move on to week six because week five was the best week in the history forever because it was the most inaccurate kicker week in the history forever. That's why I wore the band kicker shirt today, Pat. You, you change your Twitter avatar at all in kid to all that stuff. I should mention that uh, at the PME, I've been doing these giveaways for free Millionaire Maker tickets uh, on DraftKings. I think that I'll have them again. That usually happens on Wednesday or Thursday. So if you follow me at the PME, you'll get a shot at that. And the newsletter, uh, you can subscribe to that now. Get the secret show uh, on Tuesday evenings. You can watch the spread show in advance of its release on Wednesday. But also down there right now, I have an updated cheat sheet for all of the injuries and waivers uh, for going into week six. If guys are going to play, if they're likely to play, unlikely to play, and what their status is right now. If you just want to, it's just names and a status report. You don't have to listen to anyone talk. You just look at it and be like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. That's updated to the moment right now. Rankings are in the description as well and up on DK Nation. Those get changed every day, updated with whatever the news is. Let's jump into it though, Jake. Running back rankings for week number six. McCaffrey, I'm expecting him to be back. I'll put him at number one. Why not? Derrick Henry, Zeke, Eckler, <laughs> Najee Harris, James Robinson, Aaron Jones, Antonio Gibson, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb into Daryl Henderson at number 11, Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, Leonard Fournette on Thursday night, Daryl Williams, Chase Edmonds, Joe Mixon, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Booker, your guy, and then Damian Harris at number 20 as it appears like he is going to play. I Listen, the top, I mean, even Leonard Fournette at this point, the top 14 you're playing. Like so let's start after that. What, are you not playing Leonard Fournette? No, no, no. I just, I said, I know, as in, I can't believe we're doing this. I, on the waiver show this Monday, I said, I can't believe not only in the same show, I put a trust factor. I want to say a hundred percent, but a trust factor on Fournette, but it's trust factor on Zach Moss and Leonard Fournette. This is what 2021 is bringing us. Problem is this week, we have a bunch of injuries, a bunch of new guys, assuming roles, and we have four bye weeks. So if you have guys that are going to play, play them. That, that's super easy stuff. The issue is going to be is that you might not have all these guys to play, and then you have to make the real decisions as it comes down to this week. So if McCaffrey plays, obviously you play him, correct? 100%. Not even a question. What would you estimate that his snap share is going to be? Do you think it's going to be full McCaffrey, or will it be like 70-30? <laughs> full Monty? Uh, it'd be, I think it would be 80 I wouldn't say 90 because that's full McCaffrey is actually <laughs> McCaffrey's 97% like in that range. I'd say 80 is a good, you know, maybe 75 on the low end, 85 if he looks amazing. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to basically go down to the middle and say, I'd expect 80%. 
Yeah, the Panthers cut hot Rodney, so that means McCaffrey's coming back. That th Those are the tea leaves that I see, and and because of this, although it's expected to be a high-scoring game against the Vikings, Chuba Hubbard just not really playable uh, at this point because McCaffrey will have returned. Now, let's talk Kansas City backfield. No Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Mm -hmm. I have Daryl Williams at number 15. I have Jarek. He went to Jarek. Got himself a nice diamond ring. Uh, where the hell do I have Jarek at? I put him in. I swear to God, I put him in here. Let's see. Jarek... <laughs> That's Jeremy McNichols. 46. 46. So I can see McKinnon having a bit of a receiving role uh, in this game. Uh, he ran fewer routes than Daryl Williams did against the Bills, but a lot of that came, really came after see, Clyde Edwards-Alaire ended up leaving the game. I think that Williams is the starter. I'd expect like probably at worst 60-40, probably at best 80-20 mm -hmm. for him, and that makes him number 15 for me in a pretty gravy matchup against Washington. Yeah, and the only difference is I would play Joe Mixon over him. And I know Joe Mixon wasn't in the game much. And if it wasn't for that touchdown, it would have been a miserable day for anybody that tried to start Joe Mixon. The two parts of that, though, is he looked great on that cut running to the end zone. Like, what injury are the hell are they talking about? Because he looked fine. But the second part of it is that now that P. Ryan is on the COVID situation is likely not cleared for the game, which leaves Joe Mixon and Chris Evans. So even if Joe Mixon is still only 90%, he again, he looked 100% in that game. If it's down to him and Chris Evans, I, I would go him over Daryl Williams just for a little bit more split. But it, I'm, I'm nitpicking so far in your rankings. There's not much I have a problem with so far. So the issue would be, and this is why I update the rankings the week goes along, P. Ryan. Wait, you do? I do. They're, they're <laughs> not just set in stone on a Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> but I have P. Ryan still in the rankings at the moment because I don't know his, listen, man, I don't know his vaccination status. I don't know whether he's playing or not. As of right now, I'm going to guess that he potentially could be in. If I find out on Wednesday that he's out, obviously I'll change the rankings. And Mixon would obviously go up. But I have P. Ryan in. That's why Mixon is where he is at the moment. It's just okay. like uh, right before we came on air, Dallas Goddard was placed on the COVID-19 list. And I don't know what that means for his status this week. I'm guessing it's not good because they play on Thursday night. So I'm guessing I'll probably have to take him out of the rankings because even if he can pass the double test negative, I don't even think he'd still be eligible to play. No, I can't. So he's- Yeah, the he's, double test wouldn't make it in time. Yeah, so he's like out, out. But we just found that out literally like 30 seconds before we started recording. So we'll have to adjust that one on the fly. Where do you think I would move if Pirine is officially ruled out this weekend in a great matchup? against Detroit mm -hmm. how far up would Mixon move so I have Mixon at number 17 right now would you put him above DeAndre 13. Swift yep right oh, there okay, boom so we're on the same page with that uh, I'm worried yeah, about DeAndre I, Swift I'm not worried about Jonathan Taylor but it was kind of telling that I mean he, he got involved it was all the receiving game work is why he scored so many points and mm -hmm. I mean 15 carries in a game that you lead for 50 I mean more than I guess 50 five and a half 59 and a half minutes of that game and that's all he can get to is 15 carries that's a problem man it is unless this is what they're clearly trying to do is go after a team like the chiefs and try to get that marlon mack trade. maybe they figured out look we're not going to get marlon mack traded if he's on the bench and they don't get to see him looking good so maybe that's part of it it's all speculation i'm not saying that's the truth behind it but we did hear the Kansas City chief rumors this morning being tuesday that they're potentially interested in trading for him I, I, I don't think we should be overly concerned, but I also don't think we should ignore what happened in that game because it was all... <laughs> Naeem Hines was getting Kyrie's too before even Marlon Mack. So Jonathan Taylor as a fringe RB1 is a fair spot for him. Uh, I think the same concern with Jonathan Taylor is the similar situation of why I would put Mixon in front of Swift in a game where they could potentially you know be playing 
you know, I would say competitively, maybe if Cincinnati's Bengals, Bengals de- uh, defense lets them early, you will see more of Jamal Williams. Obviously, if that gets out of hand quickly, which could very well happen, Swift has the upside to be involved. But he also didn't get involved and didn't get that touchdown until very late in the game last week. So I think Taylor's and Swift's, uh, Taylor Swift's situation, as everybody's done a million times already, but Taylor Swift's situations are very similar in different ways in the usage factor. So after that, I like Chase Edmonds in this matchup against Cleveland. He's just been pretty good every week, although James Conner is the one who is the goal line back. I just like the way that this game projects out of how I think that the Cardinals are going to have to attack this Browns defense. So I have him at 16. Obviously, Mixon would pass him should there be no Pirine in this game. Then, then you have the tier of guys who are just going to touch the ball but maybe do nothing with it. Josh Jacobs, Devontae Booker, and Damian Harris. Like, they're they're fine, <laughs> but you're, you're not, like, writing home overseas being like, man, I, I can't wait to start Devontae Booker this week. But he's he's the guy, and that's worth something. He played the most snaps of snap percentage of any running back in the league on any team last week. But who is the other guy that they have? It's not Gainwell. It's uh, Gary Brightwell. Brightwell. Is he going to be Rookie. active now? Yeah, he was actually, your Booker was inactive two weeks ago, healthy, inactive, and Brightwell was healthy. But that was, if you look at it, the Giants might be playing that a little bit more. Like if Barkley was healthy, they might have been playing that going forward as a little bit more what they expect their game script to be, more pass happy versus more run happy. Uh, but Booker will, you know, he's going to lead that backfield and he's a decent pass catcher in his own right, but better pass blocker is what you're consider, considering here against the Rams, especially with a rookie like Brightwell. So I would expect this to be in that range. I, I, I would probably go Harris over him, but that's just a flip-flop of those two guys. The only concern I have about for everybody out there, the only concern I have about Harris is just health. Like I, I'm not concerned about him at all because he was the bell cow in that game until he got dinged up. And Ramondre Stevenson did not look great in that second half when he got his carries opportunities. And on top of that, Stevenson's a Garrett Blunt type of guy. He's not even going to be that much used in the passing game if it was ever Harris was completely out. So I say all that to say, I think Harris versus Booker, I have more confidence in, sadly, offense because it might be Mike Glennon. And then also, I expect him to come off the field a little bit less, despite what you just said. I think Booker with Brightwell active might not see that 80-85% workload. I do think that he will possess a better floor than Damian Harris solely because of the receiving prowess. And if it is Mike Glennon, I feel like that means more catches for Devontae Booker rather than Daniel Jones. I just feel it <laughs> worse offense period. That's all. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> so, so now we have a tricky situation at 21 and 22. This is where I have Dalvin Cook and Chris Carson. Both expected to play. Both might not play. We don't know what their roles are going to be. But I think that keeping Cook out last week was a sign that they're not going to bring him back until he's actually ready to return. And when he's ready to return, do we just f- expect him to go back to being full-blown Dalvin Cook right now? I think that that's the answer is that they haven't forced him back that if he is back, I expect him to go not full blown 90% Dalvin cook, but similar to Christian McCaffrey, which maybe it's 80%. Maybe they've learned that Dalvin cook shouldn't be out there 25, 30 touches in a game, no matter how good he is, because you have one of the better backups in the NFL. And Madison has proved that in his time spelling Dalvin Cook. So I would say similar to Christian McCaffrey, these teams are going to have learned the hard way, stop killing our running backs. And that puts him 80%, but 80% of Dalvin Cook, and that was the one I was going to point to and say, I would still play 80% Dalvin Cook over 
Jonathan Taylor and Daryl Henderson. I'd probably, ooh, I might even sandwich him in between the Cleveland running backs, which by the way, Kareem Hunt just guaranteed to score a touchdown every single week at this point. Honestly, you know what? No, I, I got to say, I, I know we passed right past your top 10, but Antonio Gibson one game off. I'm not ready to just say I'd start him over both Cleveland options and Dalvin Cook. Uh, I think Al- Antonio Gibson still has a little bit too much inconsistency with that offense in his own right. Not his fault, but just how they use him. Uh, I would go the Cleveland guys, Dalvin Cook, Daryl Henderson, and then Antonio Gibson. I just don't think you can pass up on this matchup. This is the best matchup you can get. You know, and, and but matchups haven't always been. It's funny as Gibson's kind of fallen into that. And I'm not saying Jared Cook because he's the worst, you know, tight end of the history of forever on this show. But in the fact that it's not even a game script matchup dependent for Gibson is his usage is all over the map, no matter what. Like you just he has no consistent use, no matter there's. No, so I was looking it up last week and they said it was the Anthony Lynn situation when they were talking about, well, Swift and Jamal Williams might depend on who we're facing. And I went and looked at their first four games and I sat there for hours watching some of the games, digging into all the events, stats of cover two versus man coverage versus nickel. But I went down every road you could possibly find and there was no consistent between the two games that Jamal Williams saw more work, even from pressure percentage on the quarterback, and the two games were swifted. And that's where I'm saying the similar to Antonio Gibson. There really hasn't been a telltale, this is when you see more use, this is when you don't. So I don't disagree with you in the fact that the matchup is appealing. I just don't think we've had anything to tell us that Gibson's definitively more used or worse used in any type of matchup. I would just say that the fewest amount of touches that he's seen in any game was against the Bills. That was 13 in a game that they were getting absolutely waxed in for most of it. They made it close okay. in like the second quarter for a little bit, but 13 was the floor in terms of touches. After that, 22, 16, 15, 23. So he's in the range of one of the very few running backs in football who will touch the ball over 20 times. Mm-hmm. And he's their goal back. and they, you can score in Kansas City. Like, they're going to move the ball in Kansas City. They're probably going to score 25 points and lose by 20. 25 points somehow but if you're just going to be able to have that many shots inside the red zone i know he's the one who's touching the ball on the ground and that's certainly fair i just i'm telling you for not saying you're wrong and i'm right but, but if are. it was my team no 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 and nobody I, I don't think anybody in the world has this decision to make but if my decision was dalvin cook or antonio gibson i'm starting dalvin cook I'm saying that to say that's how high I would go with Dalvin Cook. So this is actually what I wanted to ask you, because I feel like I have Dalvin Cook misranked, because if I'm going to rank him, I think that you're right. He should probably be a top 10 play until he's not playing anymore. But we do have to factor in the risk of re-aggravation of injury, because that's potentially on the table, the risk of a split situation. So I probably have him too low right now, and maybe I will end up boosting him up. I'm just trying to think. Yeah, I guess, I mean, Jonathan Taylor's in a split situation anyway. I'm going to move Cook up to number 12. I'm going to put him in between okay. Daryl Henderson and Jonathan Taylor. So I'm glad we were able to hash that out and figure it out. Like you're playing Dalvin Cook if he's playing. That, that's essentially what it boils down to. That's right? what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Chris Carson, I think, is a completely different situation because even if he plays, you know, he was not necessarily losing his job to begin with, but he lost his bell cow status on the Seahawks. Right. We don't have Russell Wilson anymore. We have Geno Picks back in under center. And Alex Collins <laughs> continues to do stuff. Like he's gonna, Alex Collins isn't a great start, but he's gonna touch the ball. And well, that might not make him fantasy viable. It takes away from the bottom line of Chris Carson. But maybe mm-hmm. the reason that he got so involved to begin with is because Chris Carson was banged.
banged up. And if Chris Carson is healthy, maybe he just goes back to being Chris Carson again. Like there's different <laughs> situations know. of like trying to un unravel the inception of Chris Carson right now is really tough. I'm not super bullish on him this week though, because the matchup sucks too. So, so then this is what I can, can I easily get you to drop him two spots because I would play Moss and Williams in front of him. Okay. Yeah. I mean, are we sure about Damian Williams? Yes. So, well, the two things is Damian Williams. Uh, I talked about this on my show is like, there's a couple factors going here. He still, he looked great in that game, but they're also surprisingly with a comfortable lead in the third quarter. And I am as bullish as anybody has been. You can go look at my draft profile on Khalil Herbert. And I'm saying that to set this up as not a victory lap. It's just saying this is coming from a Herbert fan is I do think the split is going to be more pronounced than most people, including myself expected. I actually thought it could be like 65, 35. It was 50, 50. And he actually outtouched Herbert actually outtouched Damian Williams. But again, with the lead, I think we're headed towards the Broncos. And that's what we're looking at as Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams split. So it's 55, 45. And that still makes Damian Williams a solid play, especially against Green Bay and their run defense. So I would go him before trusting Chris Carson, even expecting Khalil Herbert to be more involved. I actually think what you have Khalil Herbert in a really nice spot is in that Alex Collins, Samaj P. Ryan, if active, like that kind of range is a good spot to have him as well. He's so, a, he's, he's an RB3. All right, so I bumped down Chris Carson behind Zach Moss and Damian Williams on your recommendation. The reason that I continued to have Damian Williams up where I had him, which is number, now all the rankings are thrown off until I resource. There you go. I fixed them. Oh, thank you so much. Number 21. <laughs> no, no, that's not right. Number 23 in the rankings. I, I actually don't think that he actually changed. Maybe he went up one spot, but he outtouched Herbert three to one inside the five yard line. That's good news if we're trying to score touchdowns, but it's really the passing game stuff. Like the bears can't run the ball 55 times a game. Now, if they're running the ball 55 <laughs> times a game, they're taking the urban Meyer strategy. You know, they're, they're winning games if they're doing that, because if you're <laughs> playing the Packers and you're down 14, you're not going to run the ball 55 times or 50 times or whatever it may be. Uh, and if they're going to pass, they still give them the, Justin Fields that playbook. They might <laughs> maybe, but if they're going to pass to a running back, it does seem like they're going to pass to Damian Williams. Just looking at the routes run from last week, which wasn't a ton because obviously the bears didn't pass all that much. It was 10, seven, right. it was 10, seven in the split for Damian Williams. But most of those came at the beginning of the game when it was a little bit closer. And then Herbert just ended up on the field. So every time that you know he ran, well, he did, he had the one play where he looked great in pass protection the one is what it comes down to too is like the justin fields situation is yeah it's not matt Nagy giving him the techno bowl playbook of four plays but i mean what did laser give him you know um nfl blitz like that's what he upgraded to hey it's like, listen it's not let, that much hold, better hold on if justin fields <laughs> wants to run dub bomb every single time i think we can take a look at laser and say that he's doing a pretty good job no, uh, certainly fair, but the problem with the fields too is he's not even running. Like, yeah, can, why? can we get ten rushing attempts? Like, why? I, I I think it's his own hesitancy. He admitted he didn't like. He, he admitted the pocket presence in the NFL and the speed was a little bit more than he's accustomed or I guess ready for. So maybe that's why he's not taking off running because he's legitimately hesitant and to run. But uh, I'm with you again. That that's everything we were talking about. The first half was more Damian Williams, the goal lines, the opportunities. I still think he's the lead. I just think again, it's going to be a bigger split similar to the Broncos. And I brought up the Broncos again for a second time because uh, not only looking better, but just because also Melvin Gordon at the same time of Williams looking better, Melvin Gordon has been looking worse each week. I would go Williams before I went Miles Gaskin for this reason is Miles Gaskin for everybody out there asking the waivers off of that one week. 
I was I dropped Gaskin in some leagues two weeks ago, depending like it was the last guy I could potentially drop. I didn't really want to because I don't want to get rid of running backs. But Gaskin specifically has to be passing heavy game script. This game against Jacksonville, I don't expect that to happen, which means let's go back to two weeks ago where Malcolm Brown and Savon Ahmed are getting involved. Uh, I would have Gaskin significantly. I would even start Gaskin down by like the Melvin Gordon range. I mean, I, I can get behind that. I just didn't know what to make of that entire situation. I think Tua Tugs is back this week too against Jacksonville, which which would help. So maybe that gets I, him which back I, which up I, which to I think, which I think helps Gaskin. Yeah, which gets him Gaskin probably back up to like the Tony Pollard, Latavius Murray range. But I would, for all intents and purposes, right now I would at least I just flip flop Williams and Gaskin and potentially move Gaskin even lower if Tua if Tua's not back. Gaskin definitely has to go down a little bit more. Okay, how about would you go Madison with Cook back or Miles Gaskin? Hmm. Miles Gaskin barely. Yeah, so I think that's where I'm going to slot him in, which is still above Jamal Williams and a Melvin Gordon, but behind Latavius Murray now. So that will make the after Christmas. Hey, I know it's hey we're here injuries and bye weeks, Jake. This is what we're oh, dealing with. I was with. also talking about the the Ravens backfield. That was whew. well, they don't even run the ball anymore unless your name is Lamar. You're not allowed to run the ball. <laughs> That was disgusting. Nobody ran the ball. They, although they tried to get, when they were down, that was actually pretty telling. When they were down, there was a lot of Devontae Freeman. Yes. Uh, but, I mean, maybe that should be the case this week. I didn't even know where to rank Freeman because I did these. Yeah, I did these this morning. <laughs> Don't like, waste I, your time. Yeah. But I, I mean, I expect them to be down against the Chargers. The Chargers are going to play up pace the entire game. Although the way. So to put be, Freeman. But, but here's the issue. 45. Though. But here's the issue, though. The way to beat the Chargers is to run the ball as much as possible. So, okay, Lamar Jackson for a 100-yard rushing prop. <laughs> yeah, and I would think that if they're going to try to run and establish it that way, it would be with Murray. That's why he's still where he is. Anyway, the after Chris Carson, who's now at 24, Connor, J.D. McKissick, like I said, I'm in on the Washington offense this week against the Chiefs. Javante Williams, Tony Pollard, Latavius Murray, Miles Gaskin now at number 30, and then Madison, Melvin Gordon, Jamal Williams. I have Samaj P. Ryan still at number 34. Obviously, if he can't play, he won't be in the rankings. And I'm not elevating Chris Evans, Captain America, that high. I'll just elevate joe mixon and maybe bump up evans a little bit miles sanders at number 35 it's the worst matchup you can have against the bucks but uh, he also doesn't do anything so that's a problem exactly (laughs) five catches five targets five catches six yards (laughs) miles sanders holy crap that stinks i mean at this point against tampa and the fact that miles sanders that was his best passing game quote unquote uh, only if you're playing in half a full point bbr i tell you what Alex Collins, Khalil Herbert, AJ Dillon. I'm starting over. Miles Sanders against that, Tampa. That, that that's that's so hard to do though. Just you're playing backup players but against take a guy. The name off the jersey. I, I I understand that if you only looked at the stat line, but if I'm looking at something like routes run or snap share, and I know that the the snaps aren't necessarily translating into touches, but I can take a guy who's going to be on the field seventy percent of the time versus a guy who might play twenty five percent of the snaps. But why? And would this week be Kenneth Gainwell though? That's the, that's the I, issue. I don't know. Here. Do do they use Kenneth Gainwell that way? It seems like when they're in trouble, it's just like, hey, Jalen, go run. <laughs> Which is certainly why. Well, so don't start either of them. No, it's just Miles Sanders is not going to find his way into any of my lineups. That's fair. I mean, I have him in the mid-30s as a starting running back. Obviously, I don't like him, but I'm still going to play him above backups is where I'd be. And not all the backups. Like, I'll play Pollard at him because Pollard's basically not a backup based on his efficiency right now and how much they're still. Dallas loves running the ball, by the way. They do. They do. And Smart. Tony Pollard's, yeah, he's Tony, Tony Pollard's an RB3 at this point. 
Yeah, easy. You can flex him almost every single week. I'm trying to find. We can flex him. I, I'm trying to find that they don't have the Monday night, uh, the Monday night showdown contest out yet. I was trying to find Jeremy McNichols' stat line every single week. He's like borderline startable <laughs> in games where they uh, have in games where they have to pass, which I would expect that to be the case against Buffalo. The the only issue with Jeremy McNichols is it's all pass. Unlike JD McKissick, who gets three, four, maybe five rush attempts, McNichols gets one maybe two that's the only issue so it's all passing game for jeremy mcnichols i'm not saying you're wrong you have him 38 i would go dylan before him i go i was about to say heinz but i mean i'm not i'm not moving him down that much where you have him is a fair range yeah just trying to look at the games uh four targets against arizona in a game that they lost three against seattle in a game where they won in overtime but we're down see derrick henry's getting the targets too He's getting those. Those seem to have quelled themselves a bit in the past few weeks. But in games where they're in purely pass situations, like they were against the Jets, essentially, end up with twelve targets in that game. Granted, there was no AJ Brown, there was no Julio Jones, but I still wouldn't expect Julio Jones to play this week. No, but AJ Brown will. Which yes, is good. Yeah, I mean, hopefully he's not. He seems hurt, man. Mm, maybe just not back to 100% yet. That's what, like I, that, that's, what, that's what I mean. I mean yeah. He was hurt, and then we see him last week. He just, uh, when we actually, let's just move to wide receivers. There's no other guys <laughs> to talk about here. Like, you could start Jarek or Brandon Bolden if you really wanted to swing for some upside. Uh, maybe they get involved in the receiving game if the game scripts don't go quite how you think that they're going to go. Sony Michelle, if they're running out the clock. Yeah, at Gio Bernard, if the Eagles somehow jump out to a win. David Johnson was used a ton in the passing game last week. Yeah, but, you know, still dominated the snaps, our favorite Mark Ingram. Yeah, how's that working out for everyone? <laughs> hey, you, you, what, for like two or three years, you weren't right, but you get to come back around on it. I, I've been right more years than I've been wrong on Mark Ingram, put it that way. <laughs> okay, fair. I what? mean, he's only got, what, seven years to his career, so it's like four and three. No, he's been in the league way longer than that, hasn't he? Ah. Uh... Mark Ingram was drafted in, he got married in 2017. Okay, that's good for him. He's 31. <laughs> so, 10 years? Uh, let's see. Has it been 10 years? One, two, three, oh, God, four, five, like been six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. This is his 11th NFL season. That's a long time for Mark Ingram. All right, so let's see how many years you were wrong. One, two, three, four, eight. And a half, he got hurt that year. Well, no, because that's your argument that he was going to get hurt anyway. So I'll give you that one. So you're six to four. I mean, are we are we really seeing? Let's see, a thousand. He had three really good years, and then one good year in 2014, I suppose. That's four. All right, yeah, I'll give you. That's six to four. Yeah, four. Yeah, six <laughs> to four. And well, it'll be seven now after this year. Okay. <laughs> I well, hey, I wasn't disagreeing with you at all with you for the past two seasons healthy snacks have a bad reputation and let's be honest most don't taste very good yeah that's a thing they don't fill you up and they certainly do not satisfy your cravings this episode is sponsored by monk pack who makes snacks that taste like our favorite sugary treats but with one gram of sugar or less i don't even do keto but it's just better for me and I feel better when I have the Monk Packs rather than eating this garbage from the grocery store. So you can get the Monk Pack Keto Granola Bars. They contain just one gram of sugar, two to three grams of net carbs, and they're only 140 calories. They're gluten-free, grain-free, plant-based, non-GMO with no soy, trans fats, sugar alcohols, or high-intensity sweeteners. 
This is what I eat after I go work out, whether it's a run, whether it's a lift. I just pump the Monk Pack bars into me and I feel great afterwards. I'm not giving back all the calories that I've just burned and I do feel full. And they're perfect for a quick breakfast between Zoom calls, a guilt-free dessert, whatever it is. They taste incredible. They're really, really good. Most of these ones just taste like absolute garbage, but not Monk Pack. And you can't beat the low sugar nutrition that they provide. And by shopping online, you can avoid another trip to the grocery store by getting Monk Pack delivered right to your door. I'm obsessed with these bars and I probably eat more than I should, but that's okay. To make sure that I'm always fully stocked, I signed up for a subscription to my favorite flavors, which saves me 10% on every order and ships them automatically to me. Try it for yourself and you'll see. And we have a special deal for the listeners of the Pat Mayo Experience. Get 20% off your first purchase of any Monk Pack product by visiting monkpack.com and entering our code MAYO at checkout. And Monk Pack is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. If you don't like it, for any reason, they'll exchange the product or refund your money, whichever you prefer. To get started, go to M-U-N-K-P-A-C-K dot com and select any product then enter the code mayo at checkout to save 20 percent off your purchase monk pack delicious nutritious food you can count on and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast look no one's perfect even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded the best golfers sometimes three putt with the tournament on the line so if you feel like you come up short in the bedroom sometimes it's perfectly okay but if it's bothering you there are options go to get roman dot com slash mayo now with roman you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ed all from the comfort and privacy of your home a u.s licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan if medication is appropriate it ships to you free with two-day shipping the whole process is straightforward and discreet getting started is simple just go to getroman.com slash mayo and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to getroman.com slash mayo now to get 15% off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. Getroman.com slash mayo. Get started now to save $15 on your first month of treatment. Wide receiver rankings. Um, let's just go through uh, 1 to 20 very quickly. Speed round here. Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Terry McLaurin, Hopkins, Diggs, Mike Williams, Justin Jefferson, DK Metcalf, even with Geno Smith, Cooper Cup, CeeDee Lamb, Jamar Chase, Keenan Allen, DJ Moore, Mike Evans, AJ Brown, Deontay Johnson, Michael Pittman, Cortland Sutton, Chris Godwin, and Amari Cooper. Uh, Hollywood Brown, if you need to know, is number 29 on that list. Tougher matchup. The, the, the Chargers are a tough receiving matchup for both quarterbacks and receivers. It's all running and tight ends is what you want to play against the Chargers. At least that's what we've seen so far this season. The one that I had the biggest problem with ranking, and I want to get, I mean, I have McLaurin at three. Like I said, I'm just all in on that offense this week. But it's A.J. Brown at number 15, who I was talking about. I don't disagree that his upside is probably top three here. It just feels like amongst all of these guys, his floor is really low in this matchup because he could be banged up. Mm. Um, He might draw Tredavious White. The Bills might just double team him. And the Bills are now getting into the backfield and harassing the passer. I mean, if the Jets were able to do it against Ryan Tannehill, the Bills should be able to do it as well. Their pass rush and just rushing four guys has been really good so far this season. So I don't love the matchup. Like, if the Titans are going to compete in this game, you need to have, like, 35 Derrick Henry carries. 
Sure. And so this is where it's probably going to be. I'm with you and it's going to be wrong because last week I said, AJ Brown, if they're bringing him back and he's healthy, I'm playing AJ Brown as a top 10 in that matchup. And that was wrong. And as you mentioned, it didn't look like he was hundred percent. So now I'm with you. And especially as you just mentioned, compare it to the situation of, I know we're not talking about him, but both these guys come into the conversation of Marvin Jones and TJ Hawkinson. And when you're looking at the other team you're like, well, we'll make the other scrubs try to beat us and it doesn't work. So if you're Buffalo, why don't you just focus all your attention on AJ Brown and Derrick Henry and say, try to beat us with Josh Reynolds and anybody else that Chester, potentially you Chester could go to. Roger. Hey, Marcus Johnson, Good. legend. Marcus. Yeah, see, exactly. That's, that's the point here. And if AJ Brown, if AJ Brown was a hundred percent, and I'd be like, you know what? 15 is a good spot because he could overcome it. Where I'm going with this is the fact that I would put A.J. Brown lower, which probably now means he's going to finish fifth. He's going to go for 120 and a touchdown. But I would start everybody down through Omari Cooper ahead of him. And honestly, I would put Higgins over Marquise Brown. I would start Higgins in front of him, especially against Detroit. That's probably where I would stop is right around 20, but A.J. Brown would be lower for me. I'm going to keep A.J. Brown where he is because I still do believe in that upside. It's another week. and with uh, It's funny that A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry are on the same team because they both have the same skill set that you love for fantasy, that it could be, oh, Derrick Henry runs into a pile of eight guys. Oh, no, Derrick Henry came out the other side, and it's an 80-yard touchdown. A.J. Brown is that (laughs) guy at receiver. He's Calvin Johnson, as in he could throw into triple coverage and A.J. Brown can still come down with it. And yes, and throw people off him as he runs into the end zone if he's not in the end zone already. So yes, I get, again, not benching A.J. Brown most anywhere where I have A.J. Brown, but and I'm not saying this to be like, look at my team, but I have that decision. In my home league, I sat T. Higgins last week for A.J. Brown. If I was going into it this week with that option again, I don't because of buys. I would sit A.J. Brown for T. Higgins. Okay. Uh, looking 21 to 30, I have Hollywood Brown, then Antonio Brown, then T. He Higgins. Oh, that's why you should put A.J. Brown down there. You could have Brown, Brown, Brown. That, that, that is true. I could do that. That would be just very, it'd be an optical illusion in the rankings, which you can find <laughs> on DK Nation or down in the description if you want the updated versions. Adam Thielen, Kadarius Hunky, Tony. Because I'm still thinking that now Galladay, Slayton, and Shepard are probably going to miss this week. We'll see if those guys come back. Maybe we'll have to amend those a little bit. Well, yeah, because the the report, the early report is that Shepard and Slayton could both return. But that's not confirmed yet. Right, right. Yeah. So they'll be added in if they're confirmed as playing. Robert Woods, Tyler Lockett, Devonta Smith, Emmanuel Sanders, and Brendan Cooks. I wouldn't worry too much about last week with Brendan Cooks, although I was only half watching that game. Like, that was, like, the last of the priority TVs that we had. And then when Chris Conley and who the hell was the other guy? Uh, Chris Moore. Chris Moore. Uh, But they all wear jerseys in the like in the teens so i was just like if you were half watching that game and they're all short last names yeah yeah if you were just half (laughs) watching that game you would have thought brendan cooks had 300 yards and three touchdowns you're like man (laughs) cooks is killing it then you go look at the box score it's like oh no he did not kill it well so that's part of the hey this is why we do this for everybody out there also if you watched a lot of that game uh davis mills did have his best game of his career but he still made some poor throws. He still wasn't accurate on everything. And unfortunately, most of his inaccurate throws came with Brandon Cooks, who was still the leading wide receiver. He wasn't the leading receiving option, but he's the leading wide receiver in targets. David Johnson actually led in targets. Mills was just off at throwing to Cooks. And I know everybody, and I bring that up to say this, Pat. Everybody's out there, oh, we should have known the Patriots always take out the best weapon. Again, 
it's not like 31 other teams in the NFL are like, oh my God, we can take away the best option on the team. Like Bill Belichick's not the only person in the NFL who has ever done this. It's the confirmation bias narrative of like the Madden curse and contract years. You only remember when it happens. Bill Belichick hasn't always taken away the best option effectively. Look at some of the earlier games this year alone. And I say all that to say, it was just a lot of Davis Mills too. It wasn't the Patriots. I'm not concerned about Brandon Cooks. He just had a decent floor in the game before that in heavy rain when Davis Mills threw four interceptions. So I just had a mini rant there of zero concern for Brandon Cooks. After that, in the next level of guys, because realistically, these are still you know low-end twos, high-end threes, at least in my mind. Everyone inside the top 30. I mean, that's why the rankings are next to their name. Like Emmanuel Sanders, you're just playing him every week now, just like Devontae Smith. Lockett is the yes. hardest one for me to figure out because it really seemed like Geno had a preference and it was not Tyler Lockett. Uh, Gino was only pretty much DK Metcalf. And then on top of that is, didn't, wasn't there a report after the game that Tyler Lockett's not 100% now? Well, he he got banged up like three weeks ago, but he just played through it. Maybe it's getting worse. But that's, that's, I, but yeah. like in my mind, I mean, maybe you play Freddie Swaim if you end up playing like the Sunday Night Showdown slate, or if you go to prizepicks.com and use code MMN, you get a match deposit of up to 100 bucks. You get a free $100 if you use the code MMN. Uh, if you play in the Sunday Night Football game, then maybe Freddie Swaim like over targets because Pittsburgh can be beaten deep and Lockett is getting behind defenses. That's not really where you think of DK Metcalf. So Gino's going to take a shot or two. If Lockett's out there, he can hit big in this game when no one's expecting it. But if he's not out there or if he's hobbled, Freddie Swaim might be the guy. Yeah, I think that's an intriguing dart throw. Like that kind of thing. I'm not talking about seasonal uh, of course, and it's because no, you're like, not going to want to yeah, wait for like, some. A player, yeah. a player prop on DraftKings Sportsbook or just like yeah. play the over-unders on prizepicks.com. Code MMN. Just hit the link in the description. Plus, if you play in the uh, MMN props tournament, which I know you didn't because you weren't allowed in your state, but you can go, <laughs> you just pick five Sunday players over-unders, and if you win, like you win 10 times your money plus a bonus 50 bucks for $7.11 is all you have to stake. That It's a pretty good deal. Yeah. I'm with you. If you don't like uh, spending a lot of money on this sort of thing, like, and you don't want to play against like 150 lineups and have to spend 3000 bucks, you could spend $7.11 <laughs> a week. You go five of five on your props for that week on prizepicks.com, code MMN, and then you, know, you just cash yourself out. It would be great. You'd win 125 bucks off seven bucks. That's awesome. It's a great way to build a bankroll. Anyway, I'm on Raw St. Brown. I have it number 35. Eight targets, back-to-back games. Cephas is probably done for the year. Hawkinson's banged up. I think he's pretty safe right now. Well, and also, again, I go back to what I was talking about, the Hawkinson situation. That's, again, proof that the 31 other teams know what to do. The first two weeks of Hawkinson beating people, and then the last three weeks has three weeks versus two. Fewer routes, fewer targets, fewer team target percentage, fewer numbers, and the fact that less receptions, less yards, or fewer Stannis there, uh, fewer receptions of fewer yards and zero touchdowns is they're just saying beat us with anything else because you're jared golf and your receivers are a cluster of play uh, we'll take away Hawkinson. and go ahead try to beat us with anything else and that's what's happening so st brown's intriguing this is the reason we had some preseason appeal as a late round dart throw on st brown because he fits for their need and they didn't have a slot option it take took a little bit of time with you know other players getting hurt and tyrell williams still not playing but i don't have a I probably wouldn't have him as high as you do, but I don't have a problem with it. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh my God, I hate you. You're stupid. Uh, I do have a major concern with the guy you have right behind him, though. And I know he's your boy, but he went from 89.9% of the team's snaps in week one 
Pat, 38.9% of the snaps last week, Pat. I, Cole Beasley is officially phased out of that offense. I don't know if that's going to be long-lasting at this point. Well, we'll see how that ends up going, as Sanders was injured to begin the year. Look, maybe I don't, maybe I'm not saying that we drop him. so much, Cole Beasley, um, at the beginning of the year yeah. versus now, and maybe it's all just predicated on the health of Emmanuel Sanders, but... I just want parts of this offense. Like, all things being equal, give me parts of the Buffalo offense because they're scoring mucho points every week. Yeah, but see, I don't think... I swear I disagree with the fact that everything equal is there's guys behind them where I don't think it's equal. You can't give me, you know, again... I'm not saying outright drop him unless you're stuck with buys and all that type of stuff. And obviously, I wouldn't put him down in the 50s down by Zach Pascal, But Tim Patrick, Waddle, Ruggs... Maybe Rondo more. Like, there's a handful of guys behind him where I'm just starting over him at this point. Because again, do I think 38.9% of the snaps is potentially his season low? Sure. Do I think it gets back up to 60? I don't know if I'd make that bet. And that's my concern. That's where I don't think it's necessarily equal. Okay. Well, let's take Cole Beasley out at number 36. Where would you like to put him? I'll let you rank him. Where in my Mm, rankings would you put him? So I was putting him down at least at 40, where I started to hesitate was Odell Beckham and Robbie Anderson. Uh, I I have a very specific case for Robbie Anderson this week. And if you subscribe to the Mayo Media Newsletter, it will all be detailed with pitchers from the field in there about why Robbie Anderson should excel in this matchup against Minnesota, meaning he'll probably end up with like zero catches or something like that. But I do have a real, (laughs) real case, and that'll be my tease to the newsletter. It's a free fucking newsletter. You can just go subscribe to it right now hit the description and it has like good info in it uh i i get my crack research team to come up with it's not like it's me coming up with the research my research guys go through everything find these specific matchups and they've been doing really well with it especially as like dk plays and things like that late round flyers or like guys that you can go pick up to put in your lineups if you need a home run shot and robbie anderson kind of hits the qualifications this week well, so uh, what part of it might be is he's second in the league in unrealized air yards. Yes. The only problem is that the team target percentage the past two weeks has been really high and the production has been really not. Uh, so to answer the question here, Cole Beasley, I'm looking. So there'll be some guys that you have in the 40s that, that you I'll don't have agree higher. with. No, I completely agree. But it's just in, as it pertains to my rankings. Yeah, no, give, give I know. And that's why and that's that's what I was saying. I, I would just put him at 40, one spot behind rugs. You put him at, you'd still put I him ahead of Odell? Just because we just had 300 yards and two touchdowns for Baker Mayfield and Odo got two for 20. I was two for 30. I I really Mm -hmm. think that speaks more to the Chargers. No, I really think it comes down to what people were playing as the narrative for Baker Mayfield is that, oh, he's better without Odo Beckham. No, it wasn't he's better without Odo Beckham. Baker is better when he's not forcing it to Odo Beckham. And that's what it really comes down to. Uh, again, I, I just saying I hesitated at Odell Beckham. I hesitated at Odell Beckham and Robbie Anderson is where Beasley kind of falls. Do I think Beckham can do better against Arizona? Absolutely. And I agree with you on the chargers. I just come down to the fact that Baker's not forcing it his way. The only receiver I want long-term is when Jefferson Landry gets back. Okay. Uh, you're not buying in on Donovan Peoples Jones finally having a good game. No, because this Rashard Higgins also had a good game in that same game, and David Njoku, and then next week, is a, this is everybody trying to chase the third receiver for the Chiefs all the time, and the Browns offense. It's one week, it's Peoples-Jones, then it's Higgins, then it's back to Peoples-Jones, and then it's some rando 
that were like, oh, yeah, uh, we forgot he was on the team. I was about to say Kaderil Hodge, but I don't think he was on the team no, anymore. Kader- um, Kaderil Hodge is on the Lions. He's their new third receiver. Yeah, no, I was about to say he's in Detroit. Uh, I'm trying to think. like, But that's the thing. It's like It'll be some other random thing just when you can think. You, as soon as we're ready, it's, it's almost like tracing the Buccaneers backfield last year. As soon as you're ready to trust Higgins, it ends up being Hodge last year. I do worry that we're being set up for that on Thursday night with Leonard Fournette. Oh, that it's all of a sudden going to be a Ronald Jones game? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I I think we're finally, or, we're officially or, or finally like, done oh, with it. Oh, here we go. Uh, last second uh, active, Keyshawn Vaughn, who gets 30 carries in the game. <laughs> oh, oh boy, that was fun. <laughs> no, you know what came to my mind is that the 49ers cut Jacques Patry and they sign him and then all of a sudden it's him. <laughs> All right, so I've re-amended, I've moved down. I, I felt like I had Khalif Raymond a bit too high, even for my liking. So I've readjusted the 30 to 35, or 30 to 50. So now it goes Boyd, Jacoby, Myers, Hunter Renfro, Marvin Jones, Amon Ross, St. Brown at 35, Tim Patrick, Jalen Waddle, Henry Ruggs, Odell Beckham, Robbie Anderson, Allen Robinson, Khalif Raymond, Cole Beasley, <laughs> Van Jefferson, John Ross. Again, that's assuming the other Giants guys are out. Rondell Moore, <laughs> Christian Kirk, Darnell Mooney Toons. Uh, even though he retired last week, LaVisca Chenault is still number 49 in the rankings. And then Devontae Parker, who I think I think he has a better chance of playing this week than Will Fuller does for the Dolphins. Sure, but he's also not the greatest matchup situation here that's unfortunate for Devontae Parker because I like Parker and I'd still add him in seasonal league although I don't know if I, would I, trust I don't know what they, they out there DraftKings put in that matchup wrong he's playing Jacksonville not Buffalo I thought I'm looking right now yeah he plays Jackson no I just yeah. changed, I just I changed like, it for whatever reason it said Buffalo in, in the rankings I don't know why it yeah said that. it's supposed know, to auto populate with yeah. the right thing yes yeah kind of brain farted there so there you go yeah, I, I had to just talk about AJ Brown in that matchup. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like Devontae. Like, if he's going to play against the Jags, why not? <laughs> well, so that's for that reason. Then, I mean, if he's active, I mean, they, you put him in here is assuming he's active. If he's active, Devontae Parker then just needs to be higher. I don't period. think so. I did. I would. Uh, I would go as far as to start Devontae Parker over Allen Robinson. Nah, I'm not. Doing it. I think I, this, this should be. This is a real litmus test, Allen Robinson game for whether or not like you can cut him or not. Essentially, uh, although Fields is a little bit banged up, we'll see if he even ends up playing. They, they feel like it's you know, he has this knee injury, the same thing that Dalton had. Apparently, he's okay, but it seems like any reason they could do to take Fields out, they would do it, uh, which is just really mind-boggling to me. But this should be a game where after they already announced him the starter for the rest of the way. Yeah. Oh. Until as foreseeable future, I will say if Andy Dalton's under center, Allen Robinson moves up. I agree. I uh, Andy Dalton is better for Allen Robinson. Justin Fields is better to the Bears winning games, is how I would phrase it. Mm, I don't even know if that's the case at this point. I just don't think the Bears necessarily have a good path to winning games anymore. Uh, man, if the Bears beat the Packers, they're in first place in the NFC North. <sighs> Even with Justin, uh, just you can't limit your offense that much. You can't even you, with the you, Packers. Yeah, but we've seen because the one thing that I think that we underrated coming into the year is the Bears' defense isn't back to being like awesome Bears' defense, but it's pretty good. So, and they're getting a lot of pressure right now as well. Maybe that's been opponent based. I don't know, but at least with Fields um, right now, and where they're, they're able to successfully run the ball, whether Fields is running or not, is even the threat of him running is causing defenses. They have to respect that. So it's opening up running lanes, and that's being effective for them right now. So when you run the ball as often as they do, you're shortening these games, and you're relying on your defense to hold up. I don't think that's a successful way to win a Super Bowl or anything like that, but you can win a lot of games in the NFL with that recipe. Sure. 
Uh, you know, everything you said ha- holds value. Just winning games in general, when your offense is that limited, it's just tough. Uh, again, it, we're not in the defense wins championships anymore. I was actually curious about their pressure percentage. It's 12th. It's actually, yeah, pretty good. It's up it, there. It, it, it Carolina's seems, still number one. Yeah, well, I mean, it, what if we just took, like, the last three weeks? I bet you the Bears would probably be higher and Carolina ah, would be lower. Well, give me a second, and I can do that for you. I would love to How know. How about that? I would love to know. So ju- just from week three through five? Yeah. They are still 12th. Yeah, there we are. <laughs> if it, at least watching number one is Washington, surprisingly. Really? Yep, the highest pressure, 40% pressure percentage the last three weeks. But they're not getting to the quarterback, they're just pressuring the quarterback. No, this is for shout out to Pro Football Focus. This is Pro Football Focus. This is the percentage of snaps with pressure to the quarterback, including dropbacks and team pressures, which means basically a hit a pressure or a forced scramble after 50. If you need to pick up someone to play, like I said, this Washington offense, it's just, they have guys. And this is more, probably more of a DraftKings thing, but Deandre Carter is going to play for them with Sims out with Brown out with Curtis Samuel out. He's 3000. I had him as a sneaky pickup. Yeah. He's $3,000 this week on DraftKings. Like I'm stacking that game. I'm probably going to go McLaurin, Ricky Seals Jones and your boy, old Dominion's own Tyler Heineke, and then find the most expensive chiefs to bring it back with. But I think you could do worse as a flyer in your season long league too. just get, get access to the game, to the game that is expected to score the most points. And that's interesting, especially with the thing with Carter, too, is he was out there and too wide for people looking at Adam Humphreys having a solid game, too. Adam Humphreys is only on the field for three wide, three wide plus. So that's where you look at the two. And then Carter brings that deep play. We know that from Carter before is that if you're looking for that big, you know, potential three catches turns into a 90 yards and a touchdown. That's the that's the Carter play. Adam Humphreys, you're just hoping you're hoping he puts together a Julian Edelman type of game. You know what? I'm just ru- running through this right now I because I didn't have him in the rankings last week, so he got admitted from my... He was on my injured list, and I forgot to put him back in. I didn't rank Chase Claypool. Where am I putting Chase Claypool? Oh, you're putting Chase Claypool. Robert Woods or Chase Claypool? Claypool. Okay. Adam Thielen or Chase Claypool? Claypool. Really? That high? Yeah. Ben sucks, yeah. remember. Uh, it doesn't matter. Again, Ben sucks doesn't affect Deontay Johnson, and it doesn't affect Claypool when Juju Smith-Schuster or Deontay Johnson's not on the field. I am the biggest person against Claypool in drafts for where his cost was because I said he's the third option. He's not on the field as much as the other two. Now that Juju is completely out of the equation, you can just look at the game. Again, it's two players, so you have to. You can't just look Claypool without Juju and Claypool. you got to look at Claypool when there's only one of the two options gone. I would go Claypool. I put him one spot behind Amari Cooper. I'd play him over Marquise Brown. I wouldn't play him. Marquise Brown's like wide receiver number five right now, by the way. He is. Uh, I mean, he's going to break one of those almost every single game, it seems. But you mentioned the Chargers. The Chargers are the team that they have the talent to be able to. Look, you exploit yourself the problem is this is the strategy of why the ravens are having more success this year by also letting lamar open is like they i think they even talked about it in the sunday night game is when you try to limit tyreek hills and that's what they're talking about you run that's where cover two comes in you want the two deep safeties the problem is if you do that with the ravens you expose yourself to not only mark andrews but lamar jackson have so much more room to run when you play that kind of defense so if Lamar offsets it and you add that threat, you pull them back in and then Marquise Brown hits one deep. That's why there's so much success with the passing game this year is because they're letting Lamar throw more with that threat. So I, I'm not saying 
you're wrong if you want to go Marquise Brown, but Claypool, put it this way, Claypool's top 25 in must-start territory. All right, well, listen, you're the guy who's inside the top 10 as most accurate fantasy football rankers. I'll defer to you on this one. I'll put him one spot ahead of Hollywood hey, Brown. He's, I, he's number hey, 21. I had, AJ, I had AJ Brown as a wide receiver one last week, so th- things can go sideways sometimes. No, that's impossible. I heard you're always right. <laughs> Is that yeah. not true? I wish. Yeah, it'd be nice. Uh, I wouldn't be talking to you. (laughs) That's probably true. You'd just be off living on an island somewhere just printing money. Any other flyers (laughs) from down the list uh, that you would take a shot on this week? Unfortunately. Josh Gordon. No. (laughs) No. Uh, I mean, Miko Hardman, if they're going to give him that many opportunities again, but I think that was just very much, we just talked about with the cover two game script dependent on that one. But hey, if you want to take that chance, Washington defense went from top five to this year. Oh my God, what the hell happened to that team? But uh, outside of that, nah, there's, there's, is this, unfortunately you want to try and say, hey, go after this because it could be interesting during, during bye weeks, but you mentioned the only one is like Freddie Swain, but that has to do with how healthy Tyler Lockett is. Let's move to tight ends then. See if Let's we can stream someone. I mean, I think there are two very clear options of guys that you can pick up and play if you didn't do that last week, which we both recommended that you do, but you know, people don't listen. Kelsey, shockingly, number one. He's dealing with a stinger. He'll be okay. And even if he wasn't okay, you'd play 20% Travis Kelsey as a starting tight end, honestly. <laughs> so Kelsey, Waller, Andrews, those are the three. Then you got Hawkinson, Schultz, Dawson Knox, Ricky Seals, Jones at number seven. I think Gronk's going to play on Thursday night, so I put him in at number eight. Hey, that's fair. If he plays, I I would play him over Fant. Fant is just his roller coaster self, just like he was last year. So, and Judy's getting close, by the way. So, I'm, if you have Fant in seasonal, and anybody wants to pay for a tight end, get the hell away from Tant. Fant. Fant is nine. Higby is ten. And then my guy at number eleven, Jake Tarzan Damn. Dan Arnold. There he is on the screen right there. Canadian legend uh, from the <laughs> from the early '90s, Tarzan Dan. Man, I was oh, I so wanted that touchdown to go his way too. I had him in so many things. I, I, I had I, I only used two tight ends last week. I used Dan Arnold and I used Ricky Seals Jones. And I mean, I, I Hollister ends up with a touchdown for Jacksonville. Seals Jones was getting he had more end zone targets than anyone on Washington. Just couldn't come down. With I know. Him. Good game though. I know. I know. I saw the tight end touchdown and I couldn't tell that I was hoping it was Arnold and it was stupid Hollister. But yeah, I love some Dan Arnold. So Dan Arnold's number eleven. And against Miami, I mean, you want to play tight ends against Miami. It's a, it's a pretty good spot for them. Jared Cook, that awful Jared Cook, is somehow the 12th best tight end now. Hunter Henry, Gesicki, <laughs> Tyler Conklin, Evan Ingram, Ferkser, Pat Firemouth, Mo Alicox, and I guess I had Dallas Goddard at number 20, but, but, yeah. but he ain't playing. Would you move Would like? Would you move Zach Ertz up into that spot or just find something else? No, yeah, I, I would actually I would put Ertz one spot. I'd put Ertz at 17 especially with Ferkser, with A.J. Brown there. It just, it, it's, Ferkser doesn't get enough any given week for me. And I, Ertz is unappealing in his own right at this point of his career, but it's similar to Greg Olson towards the end. And Jason Witten at the end of their careers, if they're still the only tight end, they're going to be involved. So I would play him over Ferkser and the other ones that are splitting opportunities. The one I would put higher, Mo- I would go Ingram oh, no. over Conklin. Never. Ingram mm-hmm. sucks. He's the new Jerry. I know, Cook. I know. But the way you have your list, if you have no Shepard and no Slayton, and now you're I, down I, I legit to... don't care. He is terrible. Don't blame him. <laughs> He's not as bad. It's perception again. It's the Eric Ebron syndrome. He made a hell of a tough catch last week, and everybody just remembers the drops. It's his own fault. I'm not saying it's not. 
But and then the other one is I would actually flip Cook and Henry. I I have more confidence in Henry than I do in Cook. They could just go back to Jonu Smith in this game for all that we know. We I have no I have no I have no idea what the Patriots are doing week to week. None. For for the past three weeks, it's been consistently more Henry Smith is getting involved. So they're they just, would legitimately just, have to go just back to, suck to John. You in that's what they do, Jake. No, getting suckered in is what you're doing. What we promised we would never do is trust Jared Cook. All right, so so here's the move. You pick up Ricky Seals-Jones, and you play him. Easy stuff. If he's gone, you pick up Dan Arnold, and you play him. Of the guys that are probably available, like Mo Alley. And you don't have to make that decision. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. then you just play those two, and you don't have to play either of Hunter Henry or Jared Cook. Mo Alley-Cox in deeper leagues is getting more run than ever, though, for the Colts. And that, that's the appeal here. That we were hoping one of these tight ends would kind of break away from the pack, whether it was Doyle or Cox. And it's Moelle Cox at this point. I think it's a fair spot for him. Tight ends already, tight end was already thin as hell. And now we're hitting buys, which, by the way, Pat, buys don't end until week 14. I like it. Bye weeks for all. It means my spread show is shorter and I have to spend three hours recording it. <laughs> well, there you go. Congratulations on that. No problem. So that's tight end. We'll do quarterbacks. Uh, who do I have here? I, I believe his name is Jersh Allen. Number one, Monday Night Football against Tennessee. Kyler, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Justin Ebert, Dak. Here's the one I want to get to is Brady <laughs> at number seven because his, apparently his thumb is still wrapped as of Tuesday as we record this. He plays on Thursday night. Would you hedge and drop him or are you just like, no, this is a good matchup. Just play Tom Brady. What are you doing? Mm, I would just play Tom Brady. I mean, maybe if you want to flip flop because Hertz has the rushing floor, like even in his miserable games, <laughs> Hertz is he's also aggressive in passing, which is what you like to see. So like Hertz worst games are still great. If you wanted to do that and just say, like, I know worst case scenario with Hertz is he's still going to get me probably 2012. I'm going to say he scores at least like 23 points every single yeah. week. So. That's what I was going to say. Worst case scenario is still a QB one. So if you wanted to go that route, but I'm not playing Cousins over Brady, even with the, his, his rap, I'm not playing Heineke, Stafford. Actually, maybe Stafford. I know the Giants secondary is better than people realize because that team is just, it's kind of like overglossed by how miserable they are. But if you wanted to go Stafford and put them all the way up above Cousins, and then Brady, I could see that. But again, this is only like, I'm not going that far with Brady. It would have to be legitimately, we're watching pregame and the throws are coming out wonky. All right, so I will keep Brady where I have him at number seven. Then I feel good about Tom Brady. I just want to know if you had any concern. Jalen Hurts, number eight. Cousins, Taylor Heineke at number 10. He's the stream of the week, obviously. Number 11, Stafford. Aaron Rodgers at number 12. Again, that. Green Bay or that Chicago defense? No joke. Sam Darnold? Uh, that that game reeks of shootout to me, so it'll be like 10 to 8 or something stupid because that's always mm-hmm. what happens. Burrow is going to play. Too you, low. You think Burrow's too low? Really? Yeah. Against Detroit? <laughs> yes. Yes. I don't even care if he only has 25 pass attempts. It's against Detroit with T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, and who Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is turning into... Put it this way. Joe Burrow's turning into what Ryan Tannehill's appeal was last year is that I don't care if you don't throw 300 yards because you're still throwing multiple touchdowns. And against Detroit, yeah, Joe Burrow, I would start. I have the jersey behind me. I'm starting Joe Burrow over Tyler Heineke. Not a chance. Let's bet it. Heineke more points okay. than Burrow. In, okay. In. 100% in for me. That, 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 okay. That's a ship I will go down with this week. So I like Heineke a lot. I will it, go down with this ship. Uh, I do have the goof at number 15. <laughs> I think this is actually a nice spot for Jared Goff to pile up like just trash yardage. 
Hey, that's that's what that is. It's trash. They like, hey, we loved you know Gardner Minshew for this reason and Blake Bortles and all of that. This garbage is garbage, man. Ryan Tannehill could be in that same boat this week too. I have him at number sixteen, but he could. I could see him finishing as like quarterback four this week because he'll like score a rushing touchdown on a bootleg and <laughs> rush for twenty five <coughs> yards. Then when you go back and look, Tennessee has lost by twenty five points, but Ryan Tannehill threw for four hundred <laughs> yards to people I've never heard of. Not to mention, I mean, also the names behind them. I mean, I don't really have it's, it's much great. problem. No. I got two. I might number, have Teddy a little bit higher. I got I got two at number 27, one spot ahead of Geno Smith and one spot behind Davis Mills. Yeah, if two, is, if two is playing, I'm playing him over Ben Roethlisberger. I don't know. Seattle's defense is awful. Yeah, so is Ben Roethlisberger armed, despite the fact they just made the case for Claypool. But I think that's what it is. It's condensed. It's two guys. That's what we want. You can have a terrible arm, and if it's condensed well, I mean, options. I mean, that, that it's not that condensed because Najee Harris might have t- thirty-four targets in this game. I wasn't dis- I wasn't excluding Najee Harris. It's but it, it's three. I meant two receivers and a backfield. That's still only three. Uh, three is great. Then that's my- what the Kansas City Chiefs are. Or three. And I'm not saying their offense is on the same level, but it's it's three options. It's the problem is always trying to figure out the fourth with a lot of these teams. Firemouth, that's the guy. Yeah, he's not even a fourth option right now. He'll start to work himself in a bit more. And it's Air Fryermouth. Air Fryermouth. Because um, James Washington might not play either with Juju out. Because he missed last week. Not sure if he's going to be back this ah, week. That means, get that means you get Ray Ray McLeod. Stevie Ray Ray McLeod. Yeah. Former Bills legend, Ray Ray McLeod. Defenses. People are savvy to the Cowboys now. I have them at number three this week. Rams, Bills, Cowboys, <laughs> Colts, Bucks, Steelers, Dolphins, Packers, Chargers, Cardinals. Then Bengals, Panthers, Broncos, Vikings, Jags, Chiefs. I should put the Bears somewhere in here, shouldn't I? Mm, Roger still doesn't throw interceptions. Yeah, but their offensive line is pretty banged up. If they're generating that much pressure, you can get pretty lucky. Still, yeah, like, I'm, I'm still. not saying put them at like number six. I was thinking like, do I play the Vikings D or Bears D? Uh, well, to answer that question, it is you play the Chiefs D, which should be higher because Heineke, even if he goes ballistic, is going to have turnovers. That's why we love and hate him at the same time. He doesn't know how to turn the dial down from 10 on the aggressiveness level. <laughs> I just don't know if I can get behind playing the Chiefs D. It's a very good fantasy opportunity, though, for facing right. a ton of passing attempts and then just one pick six and like you're a top three defense for the week. So I, I well, get And that's where I'm going. So we, we're, we're talking about the teens of defense. I'm not going to try and be like, oh, okay, I could get seven points. No, if I'm in the teens of defense, yes, I'll risk the zero. I'm going to I'm gonna go for the potential multiple turnovers. Okay, so where am I moving him up to? Where am I moving the Chiefs? Chiefs or Panthers? Because Minnesota can't block. Uh, I, was gonna, I was actually going to say one spot in front of the Broncos. Okay, so I'll move them in. Because that's a good defense, but again, the Raiders, you're not getting a lot of turn. You're just going to get a slow game, grind it out, probably not turnovers. That's really what it comes down to. And I'll put the Bears in at number 13, 14, 15, 16, after the Vikings. Bears against Green Bay. You need me to fix your numbers again? There you go. Thank you very much. I'm putting in the the matchup so I don't forget to do it like I do all the time. That's not even right. I'm just messing it up. (laughs) <laughs> there we go so bears number 16 DraftKings wise i guess chargers against baltimore i mean that's a tougher one that's assuming that the chargers jump out to a lead here and then baltimore has to pass in that game uh, i played them last week and they scored negative points so that was fun but the chiefs d might be 2800 bucks that might be the cheap d to go to here 
I think it's a very intriguing one. Yeah, the Chargers feel super risky. That could go, <laughs> you could get negative in that one. Yeah, I mean, that could happen to the Chiefs too, in all fairness. Of course. Uh, it's uh, but, but if you told me between the two, I mean, if Lamar Jackson is going to put up 500 yards again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's just going to do that every single week and somehow just like have to go to overtime to beat <laughs> mediocre teams. If you would have tuned out in the third quarter and woke up this morning and found out Lamar Jackson had 500 yards, you'd been like, what the hell happened? And that's exactly what happened in the end of the game. <laughs> you can find Pat Mayo's updated week six rankings in the description along with the info newsletter with stats and research uh, and the listeners league link is down there too sub to the channel jake when are your rankings coming out midnight two well 12:01 a.m wednesdays east coast okay so you can find those at theathletic.com don't be afraid to follow jake on twitter at all in kid and watch his show over <laughs> on bets tv the bets tv youtube channel three days a week you can find jake up there talking about stuff like this but with smarter people than me I'm Pat Mayo. Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time. Experience! Experience!